Hi, everybody. And on this week's Guys Talking Sports, I'm going to be talking about the Yankees and the power moves that they're making. Um, NFL, Carson Wentz is hurt with the torn ACL and is their season over. And we're always going to end with the, um, the Ball family and the saga of their sons over in Lithuania playing basketball overseas on this week of Guys Talking Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Guy Talking Sports. Um, this is your boy Smoothie. I'm here with my man Al and Big Ace. Hey guys, how you doing this week? Good man, good. Happy to be back to do another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Yeah, I'm doing great. Got a lot to cover, so uh, I'm ready to get started, man. Cool. All right. So there's been a lot going on. Definitely, you know, the, the hottest big news definitely with baseball with the Yankees making power moves like they did back in the um, early 90s. Uh, everybody in Philly is crying because Carson Wentz is no longer <laughs> with them. Uh, not I mean playing, that is. And then, of course, there's always an issue with um, NBA with the ball family. But we're going to start off right with baseball. Definitely the Yankees making some power moves. Uh, of course, you know, the captain, El Capitan, gave the Yankees a parting gift. With um with the Stanton trade um and actually taking thirty mil off the books for them so they can actually slip under the salary cap. Um so uh, Ace, I know you're a big Yankees fan. So with the Stanton trade Edley gone and possibly Machado maybe wearing pinstripes from um from Boston, how are you feeling about the Yankees right about now? Because you got to be grinning ear to ear. And it's almost too good to be true. Um, it's like you're, 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 it's like you're a kid in the candy store with a limited amount of knowledge and Reese's Pieces and stuff like that. I mean, it's just like a modern day murderer's row <laughs> uh, coming down the pike uh, with the Yankees this year. Now, of course, this is all going good offensively. You just can't beat what the Yankees have in the top six batters offensively. Um, but when, you know, it's still got to come down to some pitching. Uh, I'm a bit concerned, not concerned that the Yankees haven't really settled with CC yet. I know he's up there in years a little bit, but he was a crafty lefty last year. You know, tell him this game a little bit so that he's not so much the, the power pitcher that he was, but now he's more crafty left, left-handed pitcher. Those are a bit more junk. Keep, uh, keep batters off balance. And, uh, I think he, he did really well as that constant uh, reliable pitcher for the Yankees when sometimes the top of the rotation was kind of shaky. Uh, and he definitely was that driving force in the playoffs that kept the Yankees afloat uh, to possibly get them into the World Series. So I'd be kind of just, you know, kind of unhappy if CC is not uh, signed for another year. But I'm hearing that the Yankees are going after some young gunners. Uh, I believe one out of Detroit and uh, forget another place that possibly they're looking for. Don't have the names off the top of my head, but uh, that's very promising. And then, of course, now you're talking about the possibility of Adam Machado. If, if the Yankees pull a power move like that, I mean, the missing piece now is just getting Bryce Harper after next year. And then what? The Yankees will have the youngest, most powerful lineup that you can ever think of for the next God knows how many years to come. So. It's, t- it's great for Yankees fans. It's probably going to be horrible, horrible for baseball just from the standpoint that who wants to face them? I mean, p- pitchers will be challenged over the fact that uh, they're able to uh, 
face such a challenging lineup, but in the, but in the back end, it's just, is it even fair? It's like a video game, like, you know, just dinger after dinger, the possibility of just strict offense, and then Aaron Boone is like the happiest dude ever in being a coach and just inheriting of such a great team. He gets his mock up. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, not being that much of a Yankees fan like Adrian is, but I do think that I do see some some actual power moves that they're being made, that they're being very serious um, this upcoming season in MLB. And with that being said, there's a lot of teams are now starting to take shape and form and say, hey, we got to make sure we're on our game plan as well. Um, may not be in the same level as where the Yankees are right now with the pieces that they add, but you got to tip your hat off to the Yankees for doing something um, and, and not just settling for what they have. So I got to respect them for that. Um, but it's just more interesting now to see how the MLB plays out going forward because not only the Yankees are doing something, you know, Red Sox is right behind them as well. So you're going to see how things shape up and see how this new – um, for this new roster, um, will work, um, going forward. You know, I know Yankees fans are elated with this, we taste with the moves that are happening. And, you know, we, it, I can only imagine that the teams, other teams are going to follow suit. So it's going to be very interesting this offseason to see how this all plays out. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if, um, if, if, if there's one person that's probably got to be sitting there kicking himself a real tight right about now, it's uh, the Yankees former manager Joe Girardi. Was sitting there was like, "Wait a second, you cut me now? You're gonna get, you're gonna give me all this talent?" But you know the, um, you know the stand trade was definitely blockbuster. I mean, from the, I mean, you're training your reigning, M, you know, you're training your <clears throat> reigning NL MVP, you know, to the to the Yankees and taking thirty million off their books to get them under the um, luxury tax was definitely a nice. Uh, you know, Christmas gift, you know, for the captain's former team. I mean, then you basically get rid of Headley and they take all the money off your books which is getting you more in. So, I mean, you know, it makes a major player is definitely, you know, moving forward with the uh, winning meetings. I mean, you know, all things are on the table at this point. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the Boston Red Sox are going to probably move in heaven and earth to stay <laughs> toe-to-toe with these guys. But, I mean, I mean, you got, you know, Machado on the table. Like you said, CC is still there. Do you pay him a one-year deal? Do you give him two years? Um, they'll probably go for a one-year deal right about now because they want to try to get in some, you know, some young pitching. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some people out there. So, um, I mean, with the Yankees, I don't know. I mean, right now they're doing all this and still staying under the luxury tax, which is even more scary. So, um so it's definitely setting them up. Like you said, Ace, that, that top of the order, I mean, you're going to have a judge back in second, Stanton third, or in um, Sanchez fourth. That's hey, top of that. And you forgot about Didi, uh, Gregorius. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, I mean, that opening lineup is going to be murder. So, I mean, Yankees definitely are going to be the um, hunted team. Um, I just I guess it's going to be like a mix and match of who's going to be where. I think Judge is going to stay at his spot. I'm standing. I'm not sure where he's going to be in the outfield per se, but right now I think it's all about kind of getting your outfield, you know, all straightened out in that order. But I mean, for you know Aaron Boone, those are good problems to have right about now. Right. Definitely. Right. Right. I mean, uh, if the Yankees get up, go out there and get a bona fide uh, third starter 
four starter. Because the top of the rotation is already nice. So, I mean, then the bullpen is already set. So, they're just about one good starting pitcher away from, from, I'm not saying winning the World Series, but they should at least make it deep in the playoffs. If they don't, if, if they don't make it to the World Series, that's definitely a bust. Well, they're one good pitcher starting to pitch away from <laughs> making it to the World Series this year. So, right. I mean, they went, they went back and reloaded big time. Now the, que- now, the question is, would you sacrifice some of the pieces that you already have to try and get that picture? Well, in the Yankees' case, look at what they're going after. They're not going after aging superstars. They got young superstars. And from what I'm reading, they're going after young aces, young pitchers. They're not trying to go after some of the older guys. They're really trying to build this team where the team is really young. And they could spend the next three to five years together uh, really running a dynasty. So if they pull off what they're trying to pull off as far as getting another pitcher, mm-hmm. especially the young one that they're targeting. But what I'm saying is that if they targeted that young pitcher, would that mean giving up some of the assets that they already have? And with in doing so, would that um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Would that kind of diminish the the quality of the team that's out there, right? That's currently in place right now. Nah, not really, because they're giving up. They're giving up their some of their decent, you know, above decent, above average prospects in the, in the minors. But think about what the uh, the Marlins gave, or what the Miami received for for Stanton. That's true. They got, they got Castro, but they got their number seven. And a number twenty prospect in the Yankees farm system, so they didn't even really get the top talent. They got great talent, but not even their best talent. So I mean, the Yankees, no Cashman is on another level this year, man. He's <laughs> that new contract must have revigorated him because he's he's pulling some deals that it's incredible. <laughs> he said he's on another level right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean. You know, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think right now they you're not giving up the phone. You know, you're not giving up the store. You know, currently as constructed, they're not going to get rid of anybody right now. I mean, yeah, you're getting rid of some good prospects. And you know, the one thing that was said about the Yankees over the last couple of years, their their prospect pool has been very, very good. Probably one of the best in the league. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you kind of wonder how those prospects you're going to, you know let go going to turn in two or three years, but I think they're probably going to at least keep the ones that they've really got their eyes on without trying to let go of the farm per se, but right now, I mean, they're in a position, they don't have to let anybody go. I mean, That's true. they got money to spend, they're under the luxury tax, which they want to do, so right now, they're in a they're in a driver's seat. If they can't make a deal, I mean, then they just don't make a deal. I think... I think was making all this possible. So CC's uh, CC stuff came off the books. A Rod came off the books. Uh, Headley came off the books. Uh, they paid Castro, Stalin Castro, a pretty penny, and he's gone now. But I mean, Stanton kind of made up for some of that money. But like you said, with the Marlins giving up thirty million, the Yankees are some serious players right now, and I'm no. And I know teams hate them. As you said, Ace, the uh, the evil the evil empire is almost back. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's, they're they're only looking at Judge Stanton and Sanchez. 
But, I mean, you got Bird, Gregorius, um, what's my, uh, my lead-off hitter? Oh, my little boy right there. I forget who he's on the field. His name slips me right now. But um, it's crazy. I mean, the top six is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, who do you intentionally walk to get to the next batter? You can't. You have to go through that murderous road. One through six, and somebody's gonna burn you. Somebody's gonna do it, you know. So I, like I, like I said in the, in the group earlier this week, I was like, I may not get Yankees games, but I might be listening to these jokers on the radio on the regular. <laughs> I know. I mean, you look at it now. I think what the lineup might possibly be: I guess what it be, Brett Gardner, um, Gardner, right? Brett Gardner, maybe move Aaron Judge up to second, Stanton the third, Sanchez or Gregorius into the fourth spot. Um, Maybe you bump up Chase Headley a little bit, or you keep him down at the bottom. I don't know. It's it's like I said, it's a good problem to have. Right. I think I saw Gardner, Judge, Stanton, Gregorius, Sanchez, Bird, <laughs> and Bird was hurt majority of the season. He came up and showed his tail off in the playoffs, and they project Bird to be a top first baseman in, in Major League. So you talk about your top six, and then okay, so your bottom third is not all that great, but it's not bad either. <laughs> yeah, well, it's gonna they they making power moves. So what can you say? It's the Yankees. That's what they do. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's looking like a true fan. <laughs> Since 1977, dog. <laughs> well, right now we're gonna right now we're gonna switch gears here and head up to uh, football, as we all saw on Sunday, the um the N- the NFL um, leading team, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, suffered a major injury when Carson Wentz um got hurt on that play going into the end zone, which actually got caught back. Blew out his ACL, excuse me, tore his ACL, but still played for the next um, four plays and scored a touchdown, threw a touchdown. So um, right now the prognosis is that he's done for the season, the postseason, um, won't be expected back until at the very earliest um, training camp, not OTAs, but training camp. So uh, um, with that, I mean, this definitely is going to change the complexity of how the, uh, the NFL, I mean, NFC, as well as the um, playoff pitches looking. But um, what do you guys think about uh, Carson Wentz no longer um, being able to start for the Eagles? Uh, well, I think Foles is going to step in and do a pretty good job. I mean, he's not hes not a bad quarterback by no sense of the imagination. Uh, when Chip Kelly had him and he had that great season, um, I was shocked that Chip Kelly went and moved him on to St. Louis. Um but, you know, that was Chip Kelly's ego saying that any quarterback could pretty much run my system. Uh, but he had a he had a diamond in the rough right there, you know, right in the locker room. Uh, I, don't, I don't see much problem. I really don't. I, I think Foles is going to come in. Because, I mean, I watched some of the game that he, he was actually in there. And, I mean, the offense was running just like it was. As long as the running game is doing what it's going to be doing, That'll take some pressure off of Foles, and I'm sure they're going to make it so that Foles has some nice, easy passes to get himself acclimated and uh, ready for the game. And, um, and then once he gets his feet, feet settled, and you know, he's going to be all right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that was the reason why they brought back Foles to begin with, because um, if 
for this particular reason. Um, I think that the system is set up for Foles to succeed. Um, I really believe that they may miss a step or two, but I really think that once Foles get acclimated into the system, that's it's still going to take off and continue where they left off. Um, it's unfortunate that Carson Wentz went down because I really had Philadelphia high up there making it um, way past the postseason, um, in, at least to the NFC Championship. Um, to be honest, I still have Philly up there. Um, may not be as much as the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl, but I do have them up there running deep into the playoffs. Um, but we'll definitely see what they do with Foles. Um, all they have to do is, is install the confidence in him to get him back to where he was when he was with the Eagles before. And once they do that, then I think that it will be still Philadelphia doing the same thing, running the same system, you know, running the same plays, the same Philadelphia defense that kept them, that got them to that 10 and, you know, that, that record that they are right now being the best in the NFL. So I don't think Philadelphia fans should really worry in regards to what it is, you know, now that Wentz is gone. I think that, you know, the expectations may be was all up on, you know, depending on Wentz being there. But I think that they still would do pretty well. Um, all depends on how foals get acclimated into the system. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I watched, you know, uh, Nick Foles in Surprise and Shock the Year with Chip Kelly. You know, he, you know, I think was, um, he could do like what, maybe like one of the lowest, um, well, let's be one of the lowest TD to interception ratios a couple of years ago. But then again, that was Chip Kelly's offense where it was like bang, bang, bang. So on um, this one, I mean, he's, he's been with Doug Peterson for years, so he's well-versed in that offense. I mean, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I'm not really worried about going forward um, as far as into the season um, and into the playoffs, depending how the seeds drop. Um, but I think if they keep the running game going, I mean, you have, you know, you know Blunt and, and the J.I., and I think if they keep that play action pass, you know, hit your receivers, you know, in the defense, you know, that front, you know, that front seven is, you know, putting some heat on people. I think, you know, like you said, I think they'll be fine. Um, moving forward to the playoffs, I think they'll be fine. I think they should have enough to, uh, at least get the top seed so that all the roles will go through Philly, which I think would be good for them. Now, as far as you get down to the NFC Championship game and going to the Super Bowl, depending on your claim, that's that's a totally different story. I I don't know, but um, but I think you know they'll they'll be fine. I mean, I know a lot of Philly, you know, Philly fans have been very hard, <laughs> very sad because now they're thinking that the whole season is lost. But most of them don't believe that Nick Foles is going to take them to the promised land anyway. I mean, you look at. If you look at the NFL right now, I mean, you got Packers without no Brett Favre. I mean, you got Minnesota with, you know, Case, a back quarterback. The only real threat, in my opinion, is really between, they got lucky with the Rams, I mean, with, with the Rams. Let's be, you know, honest with that one. But really the Rams and I would say the Saints. Because the Saints has Drew Brees and they got a running game. The receivers aren't like, you know, number one receivers, but he has experience. They got the running game, and they could catch Philly slipping, and Drew Brees can light them up. And we saw the defense got lit up by Jared Goff. So I mean, so I mean, you can catch them out there. So I don't know, but I think they'll be fine. I mean, moving forward, I think they'll probably keep the offense confined as long as Nick Foles stay within the offensive flow, run, pass, they'll be fine. But um, he's going to have to get that ball out quick because the one thing Carson Wentz was able to do. 
he was able to move around in that pocket to mask some of the issues with um with Peterson, their starting right tackle not being there. And if Nick Foles ain't, you know, moving around his feet, it's gonna get exposed badly. Now um I, I heard some rumblings, you know, uh, sports media, whatever fans is talking about possibly trying to get a a quarterback in. What's the what's the what's the temperament up in the Philly area as far as the Colin Kaepernick or even Tony Romo coming in and trying to become the uh, uh, another quarterback that the, the Eagles may be looking into? I haven't heard anything of that per se, and I think well, Philly fans will balk at Tony Romo, and I think they'll probably you know. Not balk at Colin Kaepernick, but at this you know stage in the game, I mean, why bring on either one, especially especially Tony Romo? I think he's in the booth to stay. Colin Kaepernick, I mean, you bring him on, but like I said, Nick Foles is, is a proven QB. I think you run with him. I'm not sure who the who the backup to him is. I mean, right. but after that, if you want to shore up some depth in the in the QB, then I mean, it, w- it wouldn't hurt to bring you know Colin Kaepernick. I don't think he will. But it wouldn't hurt. And, and, and you know, it's nice to have some insurance because if Foles goes down, who knows? I'm curious who the number three quarterback is for the for the Eagles. Uh, no one, three. no one worth mentioning. <laughs> 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 no, that's definitely true. But um, Nick Foles, I, like I say, I I really believe that they're confident that Nick Foles will do a at a, a a good job. Um, let's especially filling in. Um, I did hear rumblings about the Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, um, as well, but I, 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 at this stage, I just don't see anybody doing that right now. Um, um, not saying that it can't happen, but I just don't see it happening right now, at least this late into the season. Uh, I agree. And the, the, um, the, the third string backup is a Nate Sudfield from Indiana. <laughs> he was thinking here. Right, he was on the the Redskins roster last year. So yeah, I think he, I think it would behoove them to look around just 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 in case. <laughs> I don't think you have a Willie Beeman sitting on your bench <laughs> for the Eagles. Never know. Never know. Never know. <laughs> Especially with a list of all the quarterbacks that was let go recently, you at this stage you will never know. Yeah, but I, I do kind of, I think, um, what a lot of Philadelphia fans are really nervous about is because allegedly they say that he tore his ACL before he even took the hit. So if that is the case, then he has that ACL injury reminiscent to how RG3, and when RG3 tore the ACL, he was never the same. Had the, had the great year coming out and then tore the ACL, went back in too, too soon, re-injured it again, and was Never the same. So I think Philly's um, worst fear is that they finally got themselves a franchise quarterback that made them forget about everybody else up until and even probably down to the gap to a certain degree. Now they're looking like we don't have a franchise quarterback anymore and he might not be the same. So I think that is the overall fear is that Carson Wentz is, might be done and never be that person again. Hmm. Well, if they if that is the case, then they need to really shore up that offensive line and get some maximum protection against them. Because no matter what, they're still going to have that um that issue, even with any quarterback with Foles. You know, they still got to shore up that O line. Until they shore up that O line, 
you really can't as much as, you know, no matter how deep they go into the playoffs, they're not going to win anything until they take care of that with maximum protection. True. True. Uh, but quickly, uh, it's kind of just jumped in my head when we started talking about quarterbacks or something. You saw, you said Donovan McNabb and that point, the, the whole NFL network and the sexual harassment allegation thing going on, uh, with some of the, uh, the guys over there. Uh, what's, your, what's, what's the the current thing going on with that? I heard that they suspended three of them. Um, Marshall Falk being the real headliner of the crew, being that he was sending crew text messages and fondling and doing all types of stuff. So I mean, it's it's, it's really bad right now over there at the NFL Network. And Donovan McNabb was actually uh, mentioned in that as well. And um, I heard that. Uh, because he's, he's with ESPN Radio, that they took him off the radio until all this kind of materializes. Uh, this is getting real ugly as far as this whole sexual harassment thing. I mean, I applaud women for coming out and, you know, saying things that they felt as though probably was ignored, but it, it, I see this is going to be a, it's an even bigger issue uh, as the months uh, go on. And it's now starting to hit the sports world. Which is it's crazy, you know. So it's just it's this really sad. You go ahead, Al. Nah, I was I was gonna say this. Like I, I said this before, that this was only gonna be the tip of the iceberg. Um, because like you said, it's it's been all over. Um, and now it's just getting to the point where you know it's just now being infiltrated into the sports um realm of things. So I mean. It's unfortunate, you know, saying we, we right now, I, to be honest, I'm not too surprised with the sports world. And I would not be surprised if there's a lot more coming, especially in the NFL. When we deal, when we have situations about, you know, players hitting their, hitting women and sexual abuse and with all the things that's going on in the NFL, you know, players are doing this now. And, you know, to, to hear it from that NFL, like former players have done it or are still doing it, I think it's it's at a point right now where that should have been addressed a long time ago. Um, it's just a good thing, like you said, it's glad that now everything is coming to light. And I would not be surprised if there's more to come from this, not just in the NFL, but in other sports as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw, saw a news flash about that, but I didn't really get a chance to really kind of, you know, you know, you know, really read into it, but I agree with you, Al. I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be a few more names that may come out, but you know, it's you know, it went from the from the you know from the political back to the you know, entertainment industry to the political. Now it's back to the sports industry, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a few more names rolling out. I mean. Um, you know, some of the actions of this guy, you know, of these guys is just, you know, he's reprehensible. And, you know, you know, but, but like we should, like we should preference, you know, it's everything has came out in full investigations. Allegedly, these stuff is being put out there. So I want to, I want to put that disclaimer out there. So, but, um, you know, I, like you said, I, I'm not surprised and it, I wouldn't be shocked if there's going to be more names that are going to come out. Some, yeah, I mean, some, some big names across, not just NFL, but, NFL and, you know, NBA, you know, major league, you know, major leagues. I, it's not going to shock me. 
But I mean, we just heard about Warren Moon too. It's 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 uh exactly yep. It's it's, it's getting real crazy out there, man. It's it's it's, it's a really bad situation. But the, the and the thing about it is, is that like it's, it's we're in a world where right now, and it's funny because we're in a world right now where unfortunately people think that it's the norm. Like you know we're. I mean, look at how things are in this world, how it plays to, to sports right now. Because, you know, for whatever reason, players sometimes get into that, that point where they just feel as though that they're in a better position to do things that are differently from like the average person. So, and it's kind of unfortunate, but there should be some sensitivity, sensitivity training as far as that goes. Like the NFL, and I'm only going to say about the NFL because right now it's the, the, the you know, that's majority of the talk we hear about, whether it's, you know, physical abuse or sexual assault. Like, the NFL should do a lot more than what they're doing right now. And that ownership is on, like, Goodell and them to, to, to be more proactive in, in that regard. And hopefully that they will do this because the ESPN, you know, in all honesty, they, they should – hopefully they'll do something and react not just by suspending them but doing so much more. Um, and hopefully everybody gets on the same page and say, hey, look, this is not tolerated, not in any workplace, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's in ESPN, whether it's anywhere. I think I think the one thing you want to know is, is that, you know, especially, you know, talk about the NFL, if this is, you know, widespread and things were kept quiet or suppressed, I mean, your NFL commissioner just got his nice, you know, shiny contract extension with a boatload of money. All this stuff has happened on his watch. The whole thing with the Ray Rice issue, the whole thing with you know, you know, women women getting beat down, the way they bungled and, in my opinion, bought off the you know the kneeling at the national anthems. You know, it's been one thing after another under this guy's tenure. And um, if this stuff like this comes out and it's very very widespread and it's been a lot of things brushed underneath. Then the owners and Roger Goodell will have a lot of, you know, explaining to do. And this is one of the rare instances, rare, rare, very rare, that I would have to say I would agree with Jerry Jones as far as Goodell being in the position that he's in and after getting the contract that he got, the extension, um, and not doing anything to resolve any issues that, you know, to a satisfactory um, grade level. I think that that's, it seems as though that is everything is just being above water with Cadell. Anything, dealing with any rulings at this point. I mean, still, I'm still upset about the one game suspension for like the Gronk hit. So, you know, those type of things, and that's just minor compared to this whole thing about the, the, the you know, the whole thing about the, the abuse and everything that he covered and ruled over, you know, these past couple of years. So, it's very interesting to see what he's going to do if he's going to at least make a bigger impact than what he's done on a positive level instead of being on the negative all the time. Well, uh, it's just sad to see and hear all these types of things, but, you know, it's a sad day when, you know, men can sit there and pretty much say and, and do what they feel as though they can do. But with, with technology nowadays and things that can be captured and things that can be done, I'm like, why would you want to sit there and put yourself in a situation? You know, you can be 
anybody could be recording you at any time and you wouldn't even know it. You know, you send text messages, those things are being held. I mean, it's just the stupidest thing ever. Like, why would somebody even want to be bothered? And, and that's what kills me. Why would you even send a text message to begin with, knowing the ramifications about what's going on? Like, that shouldn't even have, I mean, and to think that somebody was just going to play it off or not, or erase them and think that everything was going to be cool. Like, come on, that's, I blame, you know, I'm not saying I condone what they did, but that's a dumb move, knowing that it's going to be sold. With social media being out all, you know, anything that you tweet out, social media is going to find out whether you try to erase it or not. You know, you sending text messages that it's a, I don't understand why you would do that to begin with. Like, that's that's just a dumb move. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, in this, like I said, in this day and age, you know, it, it's, you know, you have to be, you know, very careful of the moves you make. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you know, you have to teach, you know, you know, you know, our, yours and our daughters, you know, moving forward, what behavior they should not accept and what is acceptable in the same way, you know, with sons, you got to let them know, you know, things might have been acceptable, you know, socially, you know, before, but now it's not. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be very hard for everybody to kind of, you know, get to, I mean, you know, but it, but when you look at, and I don't want to get too political, but when you look at <laughs> in the political realm, it seems like certain people's behaviors are, are justly served and other people's behaviors are not justly served. And, you know, not speaking about, you know, our current president, but I mean, People are going to wake up tomorrow morning about that, you know, Alabama race and be very, very, very shocked at the outcome. But <laughs> I won't be because I called it all along. But some people are going to be extremely shocked. Nah, no, they won't. I don't think a lot of people will be as shocked as, you know, again, not getting to political. But I don't think a lot of people. I think a lot of people already know what the outcome is going to be, no matter what. I know what it is, and it's going just the way I thought it would. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, followed it, but I'm assuming uh, the GOP is winning in uh, Alabama. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, hey, it is what it. But now, well, I'm not even going to go there. This is not a political uh, podcast. <laughs> this is uh, strictly sports. But I, I, I have to give props to Franken. Franken is like, if you gonna do this to me, you need to do it to him too. But we're talking sports. <laughs> Speaking of which, I don't know if you know about this, but it was just—I don't know if it's true, but it was rumored that um, our president was just named as the most sports influential person of 2017. I can't. You know what? Hold on. The most influential or the most sports? More influent, uh, the most influential person in sports. And, and this is based on what? <laughs> I can't tell you. I think it's all because of the the whole NFL thing, um, <clears throat> with the protests. I, I like I said, this was something of a link that I saw. I didn't see so much information in regards to it, but from what I was told he was named the most influential um, sports um, person in sports of 2017. If that, if that is the case, I could, I could see it. 
in a very odd way, yes. Uh, I'm trying not to think about it, but <clears throat> carry on. <laughs> okay. So I guess if he was going to be the, uh, I guess if he would be the uh, number one, then I guess we all know who would be number two or or one A, and that would be um, Mr. Ball. Oh, I or, didn't uh, let me let me phrase that. Let me phrase that. The most. Uh, <laughs> I did not even think about him. <laughs> or should I say the most uh, the most the most um, hated person in in sports? I heard that too. <laughs> I heard that too. Which leads to the perfect segue, you know, without saying anyone's names, the ball boys are going to be playing basketball over in Lithuania, a small town of Lithuania with a town population of 10,000 people. So um, I'm not even sure if they're going to be starting, but I heard something that they were working out a deal where they're going to be playing at least 20 to 25 minutes, you know, per game. Um, this is not even like the Lithuania, you know, you know, major major team. This is like they're like they're minors or something like that. So, I mean, um, what are you guys feeling about how the balls are going to try to circumvent things to get to the NBA? And do you think this is a good, you know, path for them to get to the NBA? Because only one could really go. The other one is not old enough yet. I, I thought both of them signed a contract. One signed a contract, but to get to the NFL, you at least have to be of a certain age. Oh, oh, oh! The, the middle boy could get it after one year, but he's—I heard that he was a. The middle one was the uh, or Le, Leangelo, I guess that's his name. Is it? Yeah. That um, his chances of actually making the NBA were were slim. Go to UCLA. So I don't know what he's trying to prove going overseas, but you know, hey. Yeah. The plan, uh, from what I'm gathering, the plan is for them to play overseas. And to have Leangelo come in through the D, the G League system, um, to try out most likely for the LA Defenders, um, since they are sub, the sub team to the LA Lakers and hopefully get called up. That's, I think would be the plan, um, for, for at least for Leangelo. I think that is their plan. See, if, if, if I'm a dad, and I have sons, a son, two sons, it don't matter. And, you know, my son gets in trouble, just like a lot of these college athletes get in trouble, and they get kicked out of school. They go over to community college or they, you know, find a, a community college that has a top sport that they play in and work their way back up to D1 and then continue their efforts to try to go pro that way. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. As a father, but you know, I mean, every father, I guess, does best for their child. But to me, this makes no sense. I mean, the uh, Leangelo got to UCLA. I guess. Did, I, my my bigger question is, Al, and you may know this more than I do, because I don't follow high school basketball that tough. But did Leangelo receive any other college scholarships outside of UCLA? And if so, were they more mid-majors or low-major D1 uh, scholarships? Uh, to be honest, I cannot even answer that. That's a good question. I don't know. I knew that for his father was set for, no matter what, his father was set to go to UCLA. So it was either UCLA or bust no matter what, it, it, from what it seems, I should say. So, I mean, my thing is, I, I just don't understand 
and I'm trying to look this up now, but I just don't understand. Like, he was, he was the least likely to make it to the NBA. So I don't, I, I don't get where he thinks that, you know, just because he can get to UCLA, that uh, he was projected to be uh, going to the NBA. But uh, I don't know. It, it just. I think that. I think what it is is that because I don't know if the UCLA thing and the Lakers thing was actually the kid's dream more so than the father's dream to play in UCLA and to be with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, as the you know, that, I think that was he, his. I think his goal was to have all three of them play for UCLA and L, the LA Lakers. <laughs> I, I just went on twenty four seven Sports dot com and literally. No other schools recruited LeAngelo. I guess just based off of the father just put it out there that they're all going to UCLA. Same thing he did with um, Lonzo during the NBA draft because he didn't, that's why Lonzo didn't practice for like any other team other than the Lakers because once they got that second pick, he already knew that you know he wanted Lonzo to go to the Lakers. He he didn't even have him practice with um the Seventy Sixers. That's why they took Markel Fultz when they got the number one pick, um, because he he basically told him, "Hey, look, I don't want you drafting Lonzo. He's not coming to practice. He's not coming to for the draft or anything. He's just he's um, you know move on to somebody else. I want him to go to the Lakers." So, yeah, and that must be good specifically from a basketball standpoint, not you know a dad standpoint. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure UCLA is probably you know doing backflips right now because they've gotten out of the whole ball family scenario right about now. So they're good with it. They're they're very good with it. And um but taking them over to Europe, I mean you're not even playing in like the premier European, you know, you know, league at that. You're playing in like I don't even want to say it's not like even the the, the triples. It's like the double A's, I mean, in baseball per se. So I mean as far as the middle son, like you said, he wasn't projected to go to NBA really even high in the draft, I mean, I think he probably would have benefited a lot more with, you know, a good year or two in UCLA to get his game up, to, you know, to build his name up, you know, go deep into the, you know, March Madness tournaments where you cut your teeth at and really show people that you really got something. You ever kid, you know, he was a highly talented prospect, but now you're going up against, you know, grown men and they're going to be coming at you. And, the more you thumb up your nose at everybody and try to circumvent the system, the more you sour in the milk for the NBA on these guys. I mean, talent-wise, they needed to go to college, both of them. All three of them should have do at least two, two plus, because I think, you know, the younger kid came out a year too, a year too early. He was, he got sold the bill of goods and went too high in the draft, in my opinion. He wasn't number two pick at best. I think he was probably 10 and below, but just think they're here or there. However, I I'm hoping that it turns out good for the boys' case, not not the dad for the for the boys' case. But I don't know. I'm I I just don't see it working out that well for these one of them. Well, you got to also understand the fact that you know, again, this is I I, I me mean, personally, I'm very curious to see what the boys have to say without having Lavar there. Um, what their interest is. I'm wondering if this is more about LaVar than it is about the kids and what they want to do. Um, 
I agree with you. The whole going overseas thing, you know, and like you said, they're going on a team that I think has the is the is is at the bottom of the league, their own league. So, you know, with that being said, what, what I mean, what's the purpose of really doing that? And you're taking a big risk on not just, both your sons NBA on your sons. You're taking a big gamble for your sons NBA careers, quote unquote NBA careers. Um, to try to get them into the NBA, and in doing that, you're sacrificing the kids' college education as well as high school graduation. So, you know, that's a big leap. That's a big risk that you're taking. And, you know, if it works out for them, then great. You know, you took a risk and it paid off. But if it doesn't, and, you know, that's going to be – a lot of people, you, I mean, you may, he may not care about it, but a lot of people is going to see it as the worst move you could ever make. And, you know, right now you, you, you gave, you, you know, hyped up your, your Lonzo and, you know, he's still working out what he has to work out with the Lakers. So be interesting to see how this plays out. But all in all, is LeVar even going to stay in Lithuania with the kids? I mean, like, how is that really going to play out? Is he going to stay there and, 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 and work that brand out in Lithuania? Or, you know, is he, how is this even going to work out? That's what I'm curious about. I want to know what the mother thinks. You and a lot of people do. <laughs> like, how did she just sit by and say nothing? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't have Facebook, but do you guys ever go on, the, I guess, his reality show through Facebook and no. kind of check it out? No, I'll never look at. I'll never look at an episode. No, not not <laughs> not for nothing. But that's it's it's why? Why would I? I, I? I would just look at it just from a strict standpoint to see does the mother even speak? But that's the problem with media now. Like you know, all this. I'm still I'm still like at loss of words. The fact that all this still goes on and he still gets you know the time. Like I I literally woke up. And in sports shows is literally talking about LeVar Ball and the Lakers. Like I'm like, how is this even sports news related? Just move away from this. Like the whole thing with LiAngelo and 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 Lamelo, and you know I understand that to an extent, but the, I'm not even gonna go back about the whole thing about LeVar and the media. But my thing is, is that it's a big risk that he's taking, and. You know, how, whatever happens next, you know, is going to, it's going to dictate whether or not he's going to be a success as he is or the other way around. So we'll see how it plays out. Well, I'm happy that the Lakers put that, that gag or gag order, so to speak. I said that last week. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good thing. So it's like, you don't have to, have to worry about that no more. I guess, you know, you, you see, Mr. Ball in Lithuania doing whatever it is that he's doing over there. And they don't even – from my understanding, I hear the coaching and the players don't even speak English. So, I mean, that, that's that's even crazier. Like, he needs a – they need an interpreter over there the entire time just so that they can understand what to do. Not for nothing. Who's paying for all this while we at it? Uh, probably oh, Mr. – probably be the, the Ball family. <laughs> big baller brand, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So twos. Yeah, five hundred dollars or whatever they cost. No, you'd be amazed at the pe- some of the people wearing them now. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, amazes. <laughs> I've not yet seen anybody wear them. 
No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the West Coast, L.A., I would not be surprised if you see, if you went to L.A., I would not be surprised if you see people rocking hard. Yeah. Whatever. You know what? I'm going to tell you what. I'll do one better. I'll ask. I know someone out there in the area um, that's into sports heavily. I'll ask them and see if there's how big it is out there for them, with them. Wow. And I'll get back to y'all next week on that. Al, Al, special assignment in L.A. to look up the uh, the, the ball shoes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, put me in on assignment in Vegas to uh, to, to to cover the the new WNBA squad that's going to be featured out in Vegas. Oh. I hate this. <laughs> and, uh, and I guess that'd be conversation for next week. <laughs> yeah. And on that, and on that note, fellas, we're going to have to wrap it up. So, uh, as always, uh, it's, you know, it's been a joy, you know, rolling with you guys all year talking about sports. So everybody that's been, you know, tuning in, all subscribers, you know, to the podcast, you know, we just want to thank you entirely, especially with the holidays coming up. You know, definitely thank you for, you know, tuning in and listening to us, you know, every week or when you get it in. But um, as always, it's about that time. So, guys, let them know where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963, uh, CatDaddy1963. And you can find me at um, Twitter, Snapchat, and the gram, J-E-R-O-S-S-7 at. And that's it, fellas. So once again, thanks, everybody, for listening out to us. And uh, we'll be coming back to you next week with a whole brand new edition and assignments from L.A. and Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, guys, take care. You guys, have fun this week. Do some Christmas shopping. That's right. Lessons. Uh, Love. One.